This is the Pubcast. I'm John Loomer. I spent $1,500 to drive quality traffic to my website, and I got what? Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Oh, man. Welcome back to the Pubcast. I'm your host, John Loomer, and since it's a full episode, the once-a-week beer episode, that means we're going to take our time, we're going to have a drink. Today, I have sitting in front of me a new Belgium, triple Belgian-style ale, and I'm probably pronouncing triple wrong, but I guess I'm just not learned enough. Um... Eight and a half percent alcohol, so if I start speaking in tongues by the end, you know why. In other words, yes, I am a lightweight. So, oh man, I've got some stuff. I've been working through this for a couple weeks now and thinking about the best way to present it. I know that oftentimes when you hear from marketers, um, public personalities who are advertisers, they're going to underscore this strategy, this use case, this, this, this time that they used Facebook ads and brought them amazing results. That can be helpful assuming it's, it's honest, right? I'm going to do kind of the opposite today um, and tell you about a situation where I ran ads that I feel like I did everything right. Um, and did a lot of things that many advertisers wouldn't do to make sure it was right. Facebook showed me results that looked really good, but if you do some digging, not so much. And the bottom line with this, and I think the, 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 the lesson, the, the underscoring lesson I want you to take away is not so much the results, but establishing a baseline for expectations so you can determine whether this was good or bad, and what things you should look at, looking beyond the surface level. All right, so I started this test a couple weeks ago. And the truth is, I went into it skeptical because I've long talked about the dangers of Facebook optimization, especially for top-of-the-funnel actions. So things like engagement, link clicks, landing page views, And I've also talked about the potential issues, even though some advertisers will swear by it, but broad targeting, so interest and lookalikes, not necessarily when you're optimizing for a purchase, but especially when combined with that top of the funnel optimization. But I wondered, I had a hypothesis, I wanted to test. If I could put some guardrails in place to drive that cold but quality traffic to blog posts because ultimately my blog is central to my strategy. So if I'm not feeding traffic to my blog, that's the top of my funnel. That's a missed opportunity. So especially these days, I'm getting back to it. I'm I'm writing a ton of blog posts. It feeds my funnel. So that's that blog reader who then you know, they weren't there to buy something, but I gained their trust because they established some expertise. Um, they register for a free thing while they're there in a lot of cases, and then they become a paying customer. 
So I can't rely only on organic search traffic from Google. I've got other methods where I send traffic, but my other methods are mainly warm, right? I could run Google ads, sure. My Google organic search traffic right now is good. It's not as great as it used to be. It's good. Um, and actually, it's a little bit of a concern. Like, I can't have it drop because if it goes away, I'm in trouble. So I want to feed that top of the funnel with some new people. And I was going to spend $100 a day on these campaigns. I just want to make sure, because we often hear from Facebook that you've got to give them volume, right, for properly opt optimizing and learning and all that stuff. So, like, I'm not going to mess around with a $20 a day campaign or something. We're going $100 a day. In some cases, I was going to spend more uh, to do just that, to send that traffic. So I'm going to talk about what I did and also how I adjusted what I found. And my results I, I explained to you may not be completely shocking. They weren't entirely shocking. Again, because some of these expectations going in, they weren't entirely shocking to me. But still, I do find them a bit disturbing. This isn't to put Facebook on blast, although I would say this maybe deserves a little bit of probing. Um, we'll get to all that later. I need to drink this triple, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what I did. Cheers. So this all started with a single traffic campaign. That was my original approach. And it's not an approach I typically use. It's a long story to talk about what I normally do. But um, especially since Facebook these days often will recommend that you optimize for landing page views, I'm like, okay. Especially like if you can't get enough purchases or something like that, I'll take your word for it. Facebook, let's optimize for landing page views. I'm going to target lookalike audiences, but they're going to be good ones, man. It's going to be based on um, my, my email list, my uh, those people who have registered off the pixel, those people who have purchased off the pixel. Um, there's even a minor inclusion of people who uh, spend the most time on my website. Um, so quality source for my lookalike. It's 1%. And, uh, you know, just uh, four countries. U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia. I even use cost caps. So in the beginning, you got to understand, my, my initial approach to this wasn't um, what it ended up being. Because I initially, I eventually saw something that really bothered me, and I want to see how long it would go before that changed. So my original approach was landing page views, using cost caps. I was just trying to get as much volume of traffic as I could at the minimal cost middle cost right the funny thing is looking back that didn't even help me <laughs> it didn't help me uh with costs because the, what i ended up doing ended up being a better cost but i noticed something immediately that was odd um so it this is where it helps because I have, I have custom events on my website pixel events that help signify quality traffic so I've got time on page. So it fires once you've spent 60 seconds or more on a page of my website. I have another one that fires once you've scrolled at least 70% or more on a blog post. So those signify someone who's engaged. Now, I wasn't paying to attention to this at the time, but another one that I will eventually get to is I have a, an event for people who spend, who 
view two or more pages during a session, okay? So I added these columns for scroll depth and time on page to, to get a sense of if we're getting quality traffic from this. And while the percentage of landing page views who spent 60 seconds or more on a page wasn't terrible, it was 29% in those early. So, you know, 20, 29% of them were spending 60 seconds. I mean, I think a lot of advertisers would be cool with that. It's really odd that the percentage who scrolled at least 70% was really low. It's like under 3%, which I couldn't even, in my mind, make sense of it. How could you spend 60 seconds staring at a blog post and not scroll 70%? We're not talking about 100%. We're talking about 70%. That made me a little concerned. Like, it's one thing to have a few people who just sit there with it open and don't do anything. I don't know. I just found it odd. So it didn't really add up. So I stopped that campaign, created a new one. I would ultimately create four more campaigns. Not, not all at once, but I would create one, learn some things, find it's not really any better, adjust, create another one see what happened, adjust, create another one. So they're all optimized now for conversions. But again, this is the old uh, objective selection process. I don't have ODAX yet. So that's a whole other story. But I optimized for conversions, but a custom event related to quality traffic. It was the scroll depth because that was the one that was like, why is this so low? So I want to force Facebook to start giving me some quality traffic or find people who will scroll. So I needed to know Facebook what I, I wanted Facebook to know what I wanted. And that was one of the things, but I didn't realize that was just one step. So the first three campaigns were optimized for that 70% scroll. And well, it, it started improving a little bit. I won't get into all the details. It doesn't matter. It, um, I, the final one I optimized for was the two plus page views per session because that one was still super low. Um, and they were all targeted to lookalikes, interests, a combination thereof. Um, the interests I think are super solid. I'm not going to get into the details, but I think they're really good. But again, I won't get into the weeds of exactly how, how all those were set up. It's not all that important, but I spent close to $1,500. I finally turned it off to you. Like it's been fun kind of watching it and just shaking my head, but the campaign, this is where this is kind of where I struggle with it. What kind of upsets me, because I know um, I'm not everybody else. The campaign generates some pretty good surface level, level metrics. And look, it depends on your perspective and your industry and what kind of expectations you have. But the CTR for this was close to 3%. The CPC was around $0.34. Cents. And I know some people are like, oh, my crazy ad, I was getting less than a penny. Whatever, that's fine. 34 cents for the stuff I do is generally pretty good. Even the cost per 60 second page view was pretty good. That was under a dollar. And so your quality visitor, you think normally 60 seconds under a dollar. But there was a problem I noticed early on that I just couldn't shake. So ultimately, it's a primary reason I kept creating new campaigns. And it's the primary red flag that told me just something wasn't adding up. But first, before we get to that, I just want to tell you, know that these campaigns drove 
a total of 3,745 landing page views. Now, um, Google Analytics, because I also use URL parameters, Google Analytics said 4,200 users, and that actually lines up more with um, the outbound link clicks that Facebook is reporting. So it's probably closer to 4,200 ultimately. Somewhere around 4,000, right? Keep that number handy. I need a drink. Cheers. So about 4,000 people. That's enough volume that we should be able to work with that. Now, before we even get to the stuff that was bothering me, it's one thing to say, oh, these numbers are bad. But it's like, well, why are they bad? What should we have expected? We haven't even gotten to what's bad yet. We have to set a baseline for expectations, but also have some proof. All right. So part of what bothered me was related to conversions. Okay. So when we talk about quality traffic, it is someone, yes, in my mind, it was someone who spends 60 seconds or more on a page, someone who scrolls 70% or more, someone who views two or more pages in a session. One reason we want such people is that we assume they would also be those, because they're engaged, who are more likely to, uh, to convert in some way. Now, that doesn't mean I expect to purchase. I have a whole bunch of ways you can convert with me on my website. But the question becomes, okay, well, how many conversions should we, should we expect? So we need to establish reasonable expectations with the use of data, not just throw numbers at the wall and see what sticks. So the first thing I did is I looked at a very similar campaign that's promoting blog posts that I'm running, but it targets a warm audience. Very warm. And I, I'm, you know, it, I'm talking about like my most engaged visitors, people on, on my email list, stuff like that. And that's a reach campaign. That's a whole other topic. But no, it's not even it's not even optimized for conversions or anything, right? It just happens like they may there may end up being incidental conversions because these are warm uh, people who come to my website. All right. So it's a reach campaign, warm audience. It generated, and it's still, it's always running because it's a reach campaign. It's kind of like an evergreen thing. 922 landing page views it's generated in January. I want to give it a, you know, apples to apples. But what I want to see, okay, well, out of that 922 landing page views, keep in mind, again, that's about a less than a fourth, well, a fourth of what this cold audience one was, right? Well, how many incidental conversions came from that? And in order to find that, if you're, if you're wondering, when you're running a reach campaign, you add columns. Add columns for registrations, for purchases, and whatever other conversions you can have on your site. So I also added searches. So that campaign, 922 landing page views, 121 registrations, four purchases, 106 searches, 231 total conversions, and I got to be honest with you, that's kind of an insane 25% conversion rate. 25% of the landing page views resulted in a conversion. Conversion. Now, if you were to remove search, there's a reason for that because I don't include that in my conversions in Google Analytics. It's still a 13.5% conversion rate of landing page views to registration or purchase. Admittedly, ridiculous, very high. I understand why it's high. It's a warm audience. 
It's also because of the way Facebook counts conversions, right? Their attribution. It's driven by that view-through conversions, right? So the same people who are seeing, me, seeing my ad, I'm emailing them. Or maybe they're on my website anyway. Same people who are clicking my ad, I'm emailing them maybe three days later. That seven-day click matters too. So the, you can't really use this for a baseline for expectations. It can lead to misleading numbers here just because of the way Ads Manager reports. It favors the warm audience. So they didn't all click my ad and then convert because of it. We can mostly ignore this. Now, I did use URL parameters with that campaign too, and that's going to help a little bit. We'll get to that in a minute. But Google Analytics, let's, let's get back to that. There's some raw numbers here that are helpful in terms of setting expectations. Now, remember, again, my blog is central to my website. So when you come to my website, it's not usually with the purpose of signing up for something. It's to read a blog post, okay? So as a, as a result of that, not to make excuses, I have a low overall conversion rate because that's not really why people come to my site. And I'm very low pressure. That's just kind of the nature of my marketing. I'm proud of it. I'm cool with it. I have an all traffic conversion rate during January of 3.28%. So in other words, 3.28% of the people who visit my website when they did, they converted in some way. It could have been a registration, could have been a purchase, didn't matter. Now, if they're new traffic, because Google Analytics breaks that out, it's understandably going to drop down. It drops down to 2.6%. So that could be similar to a reasonable expectation for my cold traffic in these ads. But keep in mind, that rate also includes people coming to a landing page. So like Google uh, Search organic search where they're looking for a solution, go to a landing page on my website, and then they they register for something. So that can throw that off a little bit. So keep that in mind. It was 2.6, could be low, probably lower than that. And then we have that warm traffic campaign that I talked about earlier that had ridiculous ads manager results. Well, Google Analytics is a little bit more <laughs> reasonable. And it makes more sense. So these are the people more who are more likely to have clicked that ad and gone straight to the blog post and then convert during that session, right? Ultimately, that's what that is. Now, that conversion rate for those people is 2.85%. So a little, we're still in that range of 2.6 to 3.28. But again, this was warm traffic versus cold. So if, if I'm going to be reasonable, it should be less than that 2.85%. So if we're going to be realistic about this, I think it's somewhere between a 1% on the, on the low end to a 2% conversion rate per landing page view or visitor, depending on what we're talking about here. Because Google Analytics I, Google Analytics actually report, reported like 4,200 visitors from those URL parameters on that, on that ad, on those ads. So if we're to set a baseline for expectations, if it's 2%, of one of those numbers, we're talking about somewhere between 75 and 84 conversions from that from these campaigns to cold traffic. If it's 1%, we're looking at somewhere between 37 and 42 conversions. So we've established a baseline of expectation to determine whether we should be angry or elated. Somewhere between 
37 and 84 would fall within an acceptable range. Let's check that, shall we? But I need a drink first. Cheers. So first, let's go to Ads Manager. And remember, the it's not apples to apples when really when comparing that warm audience campaign, reach campaign, because Ads Manager is going to throw in a whole bunch of extra conversions. But um, that warm campaign, Facebook was reporting a 25% conversion rate and even 13.5% without search. But, you know, we're including search in the Ads Manager results. So these cold campaigns, again, produced 3,745 landing page views. And we're expecting somewhere between 37 and 84 conversions. Let's, let's take a look at the number of conversions, shall we? little drum roll. Total number of registrations. Hold up. Real quick, I want to invite you to my exclusive Power Hitters Club Elite community. Go to johnlimmer.com slash phc elite. You'll get access to a private Facebook group. I host weekly strategy sessions every Tuesday. I host weekly webinars to keep you updated every Wednesday. You get access to my entire training library. You even get discounts if you ever want to have a one-on-one with me. Just go to johnlimmer.com slash phc elite to join or learn more. Now let's start with purchases, shall we? Drum roll. Total number of purchases, zero. Okay. I mean, that's not completely shocking, right? How about registrations? Zero. Huh. Okay. How about searches? Three. Well, well, we got something. And I got to tell you, that those three seem to pop in at the same time on the same campaign. I wouldn't be shocked if it was the same person. So expecting 37 to 80, what was it, 37 to 82? 37 to 84 so far. Uh, and, and again, we're not really counting searches. Um, we got zero so far. Let's look at um, Google Analytics. And remember that they reported four, almost 4,200 users. And if you care, they reported for all these campaigns a bounce rate of 98.22%. Not good when it comes to quality. Um, if you're wondering how I'm doing this, so URL parameters, then use um, acquisition campaigns um, to, to sort this out. And I, I, I use uh, dynamic URL parameters on my ads. Average session duration. Now, I've been told that that's tied directly to bounce rate. If it's high, it's just going to be like if someone only bounces, bounces right away, it's going to be a zero dur- duration no matter what. So... Six-second average duration, not good. Number of goal completions, in other, way, in other words, conversions. So it's any type of registration or purchase on my website. You probably know what's coming. Zero. Zero. We're expecting somewhere between 37 and 84. 1% was 37. 0.1% would be four, right? <laughs> I mean, something. Uh, I'm going to vent here in a second. Um, but yeah, I spent 1500 bucks for that. 
So let's get another drink before we talk about you know, what's happening. Cheers. So what is the problem here? Because, man, uh, you know, I know. We, we've got our self-proclaimed experts out there. And I'm not going to say that I know everything, right? I don't. And and this is still, even though with the $1,500 budget, um, this, in the grand scheme of things, this is small, small scale. And um, it matters, you know, who the audiences are and things like that. And just the, the ads themselves matter. But the source audiences should be good in terms of Facebook finding lookalike audiences. Is it how Facebook constructed those lookalikes? I mean, that's the first question I have. Those, um, the comments on the ads, awful. And here's the thing about it. These ads were promoting, like the one that Facebook showed the most because they thought it was great, it was getting the most engagement, was the most technical for Facebook advertisers. It was, it was about the ad account violation of item five in the um, ad policy, the things you should know in the ad policies. Wouldn't make any sense to anyone but an advertiser. As soon as that was shown as an ad, every comment I was getting was completely unrelated. It was about how, oh, I've been banned for misinformation but they're not, none of these, you can tell, none of them are advertisers because half of their complaint is they hate ads. That's what Facebook thought was quality. Even though the source, I mean, it might be hard to figure it out, but these people are advertisers who are my source audience. So how did they construct that, those lookalikes? How did Facebook construct the interests? Those interests are people who should be internet marketers who are advertisers. Even John Lumer Digital is one of the interests. Could it be that there were high-quality people in the lookalikes and interests, but for whatever reason, Facebook prefers the low-quality ones? I mean, that's always possible. I mean, we talk about this. Like, who is cheapest? It's the low-quality. And if I'm looking for a click, then a click like a landing page view, wouldn't necessarily be high quality. When I, but where I struggle with this is when I'm optimizing for the scroll and for the two-plus um, page views to, during a session. Aren't these people just so oblivious that even though this topic has nothing to do with them, that they're clicking and scrolling and viewing multiple pages? Oh, man, I don't know. But could it be the nature of the optimization? Probably, right? Ultimately, Facebook found the things I told it to find to a point, right? It's just that it should result. If you if logically, the things I told Facebook to optimize for, especially after the landing page view, especially considering the ad I was running, like why would you click on that ad unless you cared about Facebook advertising? It should be quality. Could the problem be both? It's how Facebook constructed the audiences as well as their optimization. Possibly. I can't necessarily blame the ad, the blog post, or my website since I see conversions otherwise. 
it doesn't even matter whether it's warm or from new traffic. Facebook has already, or uh, Google Analytics has already told me this. These incidental conversions happen. Okay. And this isn't like defend myself at all. This is just trying to be rational and reasonable about what's happening here. But how could it be possible? This is what, this is what I get stuck on right here. 4,200 people. How could it be possible that Facebook didn't even luck into, luck into sending me a person capable of converting? It seems so improbable. It really does, especially when I talk about some of these other numbers. Like if you just talk about 3%, 2%, 1%, then we throw out 4,200, zero. You couldn't even give me one? How is that possible? It doesn't add up. The quality of the traffic they sent is clearly far lower than that of typical, even new traffic. And the question becomes, why? What is the nature of their optimization? What is the nature of their building of these audiences that would result in that? Is there a reasonable explanation? Because look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I tend to favor the most obvious, the simplest explanation. But I have a hard time explaining zero out of 4,200. Zero. Not one, not two, not ten. Zero. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about what we do next after this drink. Cheers. This has been a long session, but I feel like it's been, I don't know. I find this really fascinating stuff, and hopefully you do too. First thing to consider here, when we talk about now what, um, when I optimize for conversions, right? Because this was a type of conversion since it was a, a custom event for scroll depth and then for two plus views. And then I also use lookalikes. Um, Facebook now automatically uses uh, uh, targeting expansion audience expansion. I always forget which one they call it, but whatever. And then I use lookalikes. Facebook also uses lookalike expansion. Now I know that both of those terms have a really negative connotation among advertisers because Facebook has done a terrible time of explaining them. Because by definition, they should be fine. By definition, Facebook won't necessarily expand ex um, expand your audience. No, it looks like they, they are going to because they put in your ad set your potential audience and it's ridiculously large as soon as that turns on. But by definition, Facebook says they will only expand your audience if they see that they can get you more and cheaper conversions as a result. You can't turn it off, by the way, when, it's, uh, when you're optimizing for a conversion. But, and, and so, so the, the issue is that Facebook... We don't know when they use it. We don't know when they turn it on. We don't know how often it's used, how much they expanded it. Or it, it's possible that it, it was never expanded in my case. I don't know. It's possible, though, that that also contributed to some of these results, not in, including the um, traffic campaign, the first one, where that wouldn't have been involved. Bottom line is this. Consider this isn't, again, like, 
conspiracy theory. This isn't throwing Facebook on blast. This is a cautionary tale, right? I used every guardrail possible. I created lookalikes based on very high quality sources. I did things most advertisers wouldn't even consider doing, creating custom events for quality traffic, optimizing for those events. The typical advertiser may not even spot these issues and think they're doing awesome and they're just throwing their money away, in my mind. Like if none of those people, none of those people are converting, even though that wasn't my goal, I have an issue with that. So it feels virtually impossible to send quality traffic that actually has potential to convert using these methods. I mean, I don't want to be that guy like, oh, since I can't do it, you can't do it. But if I can't do it, I can't do it again, I guess. I was like, I'm not going to do that again. That's ridiculous. So in terms of optimizing for landing page view for, or a traffic conversion while targeting a broad audience, it just seems like Facebook's, and that, this is what drives me crazy is that this is why this is a problem. Facebook recommends optimizing for link clicks or landing page views if you can't get volume of conversions. Text is a learning phase. I'm not going to say that my results are indicative of what every advertiser will get. But man, oh man, I, there's no reason for me to do that because I'm not going to get a quality, a quality conversion. Someone who's actually going to register for something or buy something. It's also counter, counterproductive related to building your website custom audience. And this is probably what bothers me most. I've sent 4,200 people to my website. This is building my website custom audiences, not to mention all the 60-second page views and scrolls and stuff. And none of those people converted. It waters down those audiences. This doesn't mean that optimizing for landing page view or custom events for traffic like I have done will never work. This doesn't mean you shouldn't target broad audiences. All right, just I want to be clear about that. It just means that you should be careful. And you should be aware of how some of these misleading results can happen. So if I were the typical advertiser, if I had focused just on the landing page views, the cost per landing page view, the CTR, the CPC, all that stuff, I probably would have been pretty happy about my results. But this is a really hard, this is a, it's a big reason why I have a very hard time abandoning all these warm audiences that I target. All these reach campaigns I do targeting my warm audiences because I see results. Those are actual results. These are people who do things, who don't just stare at a page. So despite Facebook's insistence that its optimization is amazing, that's what we keep hearing, that they're going to find the people you're looking for, and they're saying, oh, just go broad, Right? That may be the case for purchases. And, and to underscore that, look, if you go abroad and Facebook gets you purchases, chalk it up, keep doing it, right? But be careful. Be careful. Be ultra vigilant when it comes to traffic, engagement, any of that top of the funnel stuff. It's the end of the night. It's last call. Last call. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I haven't done a, one of these 30-minute uh, episodes on Facebook ads stuff in, in a while. So I think this is pretty interesting stuff, though. I really do. And it's, it's, again, not to create controversy or anything like that. 
I just love sharing stuff that I, that I learn, whether it's good or bad. And, um, I definitely learned from it. I hope you did too. Uh, if you got anything to share with me, let me know. Info at johnlimmer.com or you know all the places to find me. But thank you so much for joining me. I know it was a long one today, so thanks for making it all this way. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out. Thank you.